This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On Global News Radio, I'm Peter Sherman, spending the week with you instead of uh, Mr. Oakley. I shouldn't say instead of him. It sounds like I'm going to spend the week with him instead of you. No, he was going to spend the week with you until he decided to take a vacation. Now I'm spending with you while he takes that vacation, and we wish him well. Uh, you know, Barry and Honey Sherman, that story and, and uh, what unfolded as a result uh, of um, we know not what uh, in December of 2017. He, this is a couple power couple in a Tony area of Toronto that uh, were murdered in a pretty gruesome way. And uh, as far as we know, the, the general public, uh, we know how they were found. We don't know why they were murdered. And we don't know what the circumstances were. And we also don't know what the police know. We have more of an idea today than we did uh, late last week in the sense that um, Kevin Donovan, who's chief investigative reporter for the Toronto Star, has revealed some facts that uh, seem to dovetail with the murders of this power couple, but not resolve anything. And uh, so we asked Kevin to join us. Good afternoon, Kevin Donovan. Good afternoon, Peter. Good. So nice to have you here. I'm looking at uh, this nice picture that's been published over and over again of Barry and Honey Sherman, he of Apotex fame and uh, worth approximately $5 billion, murdered in uh, the now-demolished home at 50 Old Colony Road on December 13th, 2017. And we haven't got the story from uh, police and only speculative stuff if you uh, talk to people in the community. But uh, you published an article uh, a couple of days ago that talks about uh, a mysterious 911 call uh, to a house down the street or from a house down the street, the ostensible visit of a police officer, and then the police claiming that they knew nothing about it, as well as uh, a couple of visits to the uh, the 50 Old Colony Road address uh, on day of, or what seems to be day of, and nobody really knowing who this mysterious man was. That and a couple of other details. Can you talk about this a bit? Yeah, so at Charles Star, we've had quite a number of stories on this, and, and they're certainly frustrating for me as a, a journalist, and I'm sure also for people who want, want more, they want some sort of closure. Uh, the most recent story uh, details this uh, 911 call, and so for your listeners, on uh, Wednesday, uh, December the 13th, 2017, that's the last time the Shermans were seen alive in the early evening hours and then their bodies are discovered on the Friday. But on the Thursday at 9.30, 9.45 in the morning, uh, a homeowner just up the street from the Shermans uh, gets a knock on her door, and it's the, uh, it's the Toronto police officer saying that they're investigating a 911 call. It's unclear if the call emanated from this person's home or if it was a cell phone in that area, but there, there was a call that they're investigating. But at the same time, and this is a story that I did a little while ago, at exactly the same time, there's a four-door car parked out front of the Sherman's home at 50 Old Colony, and this is actually caught on security tape from a home on the street. The images are indistinct, but they can see, according to those homeowners, somebody parked there on the street going up to the Sherman door and back three times, they're there for about an hour. And when I heard about the 911 call, it made me wonder, was the one in the video is clearly it's not in a marked police cruiser and the person saw it in uniform, but was that 
a security person checking on something? Uh, was it a plainclothes detective? And at the very least, the police officer that I know for a fact was on the street that morning, did that police officer see anything? Has the detective in the case investigating the Shermans talked to that officer? So, so, and I can answer a lot of questions if the Toronto police would explain any of this. They won't. They say it's all part of an ongoing investigation, including the 911 call. They can't talk about it. Well, you know, that's kind of interesting because the community at large talked about this uh, constantly. Uh, even even being out of the country, uh, I would I would be asked, your name is Sherman, are you related? That's the first one, no, I'm not. Uh, or um, you know who these people are, you met Barry Sherman, yeah, once I shook his hand. Um, or you come from, even you come from Toronto, did you know this couple? This was, this was international. Uh, it's died down now, and uh, so the result is, uh, I don't get asked, those questions and probably neither do you other than in your work but here we are in may of 2019 this occurred in december of 2017 a lot has gone on i suppose on the level of the private investigation uh, under the auspices of the family and uh, their retained legal counsel as well as on the part of toronto police but really aside from these snippets we don't know a hell of a lot well i i actually i get i mean i'm doing a book on this case i i get asked a lot about about this case by people uh, because it, it's a mystery. The private detectives, I don't think they've really come up with much at all. Uh, the police, uh, we went to court, the Toronto Star went to court uh, a few weeks ago to try and, and get the, the now 500 pages of search warrant material that the police have filed, tried to get that unsealed. We didn't, we weren't successful, but in cross-examination of one of the detectives on the Sherman case, we were told, quote, uh, we have an idea of what happened. Uh, there is a theory of the case. So uh, while the, the officer then would not say whether or not there was a suspect, his comments that day led me to think, well, if you have an idea of what happened, you probably have a suspect, which makes one wonder if they're spending some time now building a case. It takes a, a long time to, to build a case that is going to be airtight. And, and, and my sense is just that's what's happening right now. Well, I mean, we look back to uh, the, the case in the gay village and uh, the fact that that took years to put together. And so it's not that abnormal to have uh, a high-profile murder case be out there without a solution to it uh, for a period numbered in years. So uh, this one could well be that. You, you say you're writing a book on it. You've got a lot of facts on it. You've uh, gone to, to bat in court to try to unseal records. Do you think we're going to get a solution to this? Or do you think it's like so many people I've heard uh, talking say, which is, you know what? Somebody wanted that couple dead, or at least him, and she was maybe collateral damage. Uh, but uh, this was such a professional hit, we're never going to know. Yeah, I don't think that I, I i do think it's a solvable case uh i, I don't think it has uh, this is just my personal opinion which is based on all these interviews i've done i don't think it's uh, it's a case of international intrigue uh, i don't think it's uh, you know an angry brand name pharmaceutical uh, i mean look there's been so many theories out there and I, I, I that's i don't think that what i i do think is it's solvable and that the police are 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 coming a little bit late to to this investigation because the first six weeks 
it was a murder-suicide in their minds, which still baffles me. Uh, but now I think they're working towards something because they, they said they have. They, they say it's ongoing, and they say they have an idea of what happened. And, and so they're, in their defense, they can't say who is their suspect because that would somehow cause the suspect to take flight. Well, I, you know, the police have their reasons, and, and we can't know them as yet. When do you expect to have your book out? Oh, it comes out on October 8th. On October the 8th. Let me ask you this. I'm going to put you on the spot. Will there be a, an epilogue to that book that contains the, uh, the bottom line by that time? Oh, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the book publishing uh, world, uh, it doesn't move the same as newspapers or, or radio mm-hmm. or television where you can have something on right away. Uh, you know, if, if there's no charge uh, by the time the book comes out, then and one would assume I'd have to, to, to add an epilogue. But, but the book is also a lot about, about Barry and Honey Sherman, who, who I think are quite fascinating people and quite good people. And, and I think people who read it will, will understand. Uh, there's a lot of myths about, about the Shermans, uh, which are, I think are not really fair. And, and particularly Barry, they'll see that he was generous, not just you know millions of dollars to to big charities like the UJA, but also giving money to just to individuals in small amounts to help them out. So that's uh, so the book's about that and also about the case. Okay, Kevin, I really appreciate you joining us. I wish you uh, success with your book, and I wish uh, Toronto Police success with resolving what uh, happened in the mysterious case of the murder of Barry and Honey Sherman. Thanks again for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, Peter. All righty, that's... Uh... Kevin Donovan, Chief Investigative Reporter for the Toronto Star. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.